Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshey. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this time we are really back. Um, You may have heard us quoted in our last episode of saying that we're back. Um, If you don't recall, that was after we beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten Championship and we were kind of riding that high and we're like, let's bring the podcast back. We didn't like fully strategize how we were going to bring it back. And so we've spent this off season. So sorry, I didn't say we did not record an episode after we famously said we were going to bring the podcast back. Um, But we've Mm -hmm. spent this off season strategizing, um, making, making plans. So uh, this is our fifth football season recording the podcast, which is crazy. And this time we are for real back like Texas. Unlike Texas, I should say. Um, I was going to like Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, back. we're back in a way not like Texas. Um, but yeah, we are truly back this football season. We are really excited. My heart is like racing because I miss this podcast so much. Um, so I'm excited. I am as well. So for this episode, we kind of just wanted to go over like some of the big stories going into week one that we have here. Um, Just kind of give like an overview of the team that we have, some changes um, in both the coaching aspects and um, on the field with our players. And then, um, but before we get into all that stuff, we'll, we'd like to reintroduce ourselves or introduce ourselves. If this is your first time listening to Views from Stadium Boulevard. Um, so, Hannah, would you like to go first? Sure. So, name, major, dorm, and where you live now. Um, good. <laughs> my name happy, is Hannah. Happy first week of class, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is my first week because I am a teacher. No. Um, okay. My name is Hannah. My majors were English and International Studies. Um, I lived in Bursley freshman year, and now I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Sweet. I'm Harley. And I call on Harley. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm Harley. Uh, my majors were communication and media. Um, I also did movement science, which was in the kinesiology school. Um, I lived also on North Campus, but in Bates, too. And I live right now in Big Ten country, but like not really because I'm in Sacramento, but really because I'm in California. (laughs) But I am back in Big Ten country. You know, they followed me out here because I was already out here. What can I say? You know, shout out to California, Big Ten country. Which of us do you think lives in more of Big Ten country? You living in Sacramento or me living four hours from the Rutgers community where any Rutgers fans would be should there be Rutgers fans in this world? Well, purely by distance, it would be you because it's six hours to LA from here. Oh, it might be six hours to... How do you say it? Piscataway? Oh. It's like, I, it might be six hours to <laughs> I, the, the Rutgers place, but I don't know, four to six, somewhere around there. I can't remember. <laughs> I might go to that Maybe game Maybe we should year. just tell the Big Ten to open a market in Boston. The who? Boston College? Harvard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're right. BU? BU doesn't even have a football team. I could be the inaugural football player. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone else just had the same response. Like, who? <laughs> would be anywhere close. Shout out to the Boston colleges out there and the universities. We see um, you. 
There are a lot of them, but they don't play a lot of football. <laughs> I seriously think, I've said this for a while, I think that Michigan is the most popular college football team in the city of Boston. Oh, so like a lot of alumni out there, including yourself. Yeah, exactly that. Love that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into like the big storylines going into this Michigan football season. Um, and the first storyline that everyone far and wide is talking about is Michigan's quarterback battle. Um, Jim Harbaugh is really big into quarterback battles. He really doesn't like to name a starting quarterback unless he absolutely has to, which was like the case of Shea Patterson because Shea Patterson transferred into Michigan and the whole point of him was to be the starting quarterback. But in general, Harbaugh never names a starting quarterback before the season starts. He's always like, we'll see. We'll take it game by game. Maybe we'll have two starting quarterbacks. Who knows? Maybe we'll play them both at once. Um, every single year he does that. This year he said, that's not enough. I'm going to take it to another level. So the the battle right now is between J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara. Harley, do you want to explain how he decided to take it to another level? Is it the announcement that came off of the social media page or the biblical quote? <laughs> either or I guess <laughs> because me and like probably a lot of other Michigan fans we saw from the official Michigan football Twitter page a graphic that had a about what 500 to 800 word essay about how uh, Kate McNamara will be starting week one against Colorado State and JJ McCarthy will be starting week two against Hawaii and then from there they'll be evaluated on their performance and then in week three we will have a starter named. And then there was that weird, goofy picture of him at the bottom. <laughs> um, but so, if you would love to explain the biblical quote thing. Yeah, I'm sure you're wondering, like, how did Harbaugh reach this conclusion? Is it because he's a former NFL coach and he's kind of treating these first three non-conference games that are, you know, fairly easy as far as non-conference games go, which is generally pretty easy. Um... Is he treating them like preseason games where you kind of play your different players and see who's the starter? But Harbaugh has unequivocally said, no, it is not based on an NFL model. In fact, he is quoted as saying, some people have asked me how he came to that decision. Is it based on some sort of NFL model? No, it's really based biblical. Solomon, he was known to be a pretty wise person. So that answers any questions. Clears some things up. It's just so funny. The like last like two sentences. Solomon sentence he was going to be a pretty wise person <laughs> just like harbaugh to a t that so much so that it like hurts it's they, like have you, you know watched, um ted lasso i've seen parts of it the show yeah so i but thought not all of it because i was working yeah i haven't well, seen it. Watching it but so i've heard like that ted lasso is kind of like harbaugh because he's like quirky but then i asked my dad if like, because my dad recently watched Ted Lasso, and I was like, does he remind you of Harbaugh? And he was like, no, because Ted Lasso's, like, quirky in a lovable way, and Harbaugh is quirky in a way where you're just like, what? And I feel like this kind of sums it up. I think your dad, like, actually, like, nailed it on the head. It's totally what it is. Okay, so how do you feel about this? Or I guess maybe we can give some context first into, like, mm-hmm. who, who J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara are. So, Cade McNamara is a little bit older than J.J. McCarthy. Um, He's a little bit more accurate. He was our starter last year. He's the one who led us to beat 
um, I was going to say beat Big Ten. I guess beat Big Ten. Beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten Championship. Um, <laughs> he's not necessarily seen as a superstar, but, like, he's consistent. He seems to be a good leader. Um, he He's a good player. <laughs> and then J.J. McCarthy is younger. He is seen as, like, a potential future superstar who's just, like, maybe ready for his time and maybe needs to, like, bake in the oven a little longer. Um but, like, the assumption is that at some point, J.J. McCarthy will be our starting quarterback and will be a star and amazing. Um, it's just a matter of time until J.J. McCarthy is ready to take that starting position from Cade. Um, that's kind of seen as how it is in this year, I guess, is us figuring it out in the season instead of in fall camp like they generally would. Um, but mm-hmm. the narrative that they're really pushing is that both JJ and Kate are like super okay with this and they're both really humble and they just want to do what's best for the team and they're not worried about becoming stars. That's obviously like not super common with the types of personalities that would become a quarterback. Generally, you would see like if they thought they were going to be the starting quarterback and then they find out they're not going to be, like it would not be unusual for them to transfer to a school where they can start or to at least like be a little angry and like, upset about it but I don't know Michigan media is really pushing this narrative that these are two guys who are just like yeah I want to do what's best for the team even that mean if that means that me and the other quarterback have to go onto the field holding hands and take every snap together which is like Jim Harbaugh's dream like that's the exact kind of quarterback he wants Harley what do you think about this whole shenanigans I think well one obviously it's very fitting uh, for Jim Harbaugh to come up and like do something like this but then also in the same time I don't think there is like another like scenario at least in during the Jim Harbaugh era where like you would have to have maybe the younger guy like competing for this spot at least somebody that at least someone that was like not as flashy as like J.J. McCarthy is like I think the allure and around J.J. McCarthy calls for that kind of sense that he's younger yes but he's also one of, like, Michigan's highest-ranked recruits in, like, the Harbaugh era. Like, he's up there. Um, and notoriously, like, obviously we've had really good five-star recruits, and they're usually centered around our defense. But we finally were able to cash in on a quarterback that had the five-star ranking. And I think people just really want to be able to, like, see how that could work for them, how that can elevate Michigan as a team. Um, and I don't think, like... At least, like I said previously, in Jim Harbaugh era, I don't think there's another scenario where this could be applicable to. It was kind of, like, obvious, and like you just said, like, a lot of the times where it wasn't, like, super clear um, when the season started, like, I think the only times it was, like, a little iffy was the Shea-Dylan McCaffrey thing. But again, that's, like, a whole different competition in itself. It's not what we're seeing right here, which is a really young, talented sophomore quarterback versus the dude that you know beat Ohio State for you and won you your first Big Ten championship game so I can see like how this is played out to kind of cater towards that um but then also I don't really think there's like a necessity to kind of like have them both out there at the same time Cade is I believe a senior he's a captain like, while it would be great for him to have, like, the entire season, like, I'm pretty sure he knows and he's very well aware that J.J. is not very far behind him. Where, like, other scenarios, it was probably, like, very obvious, like, the gaps between the who the starter was and who the second string was. But we'll see what happens. Um, I 
I think it's very fitting for the quarterback room that we have this year. Um, and I think it's just going to make the first two games super fun in a different way. Because, like you kind of said, the, f- the first couple games out of conference, they're not usually, like, the best. Unless, you know, it's, like, someone, like, high stakes, like Notre Dame or that Washington game last year was really cool. But, like, it's Colorado State and Hawaii, no offense to the two of those programs. But I'm just really interested to see the two of them, like, really, like, show out because that's what they're going to have to do. We're going to – they're going to be having their performance graded and – they're going to want to pull out all the stops. So I think that's going to make for a really interesting game offensively. Um, and, yeah, I think it just, like, adds some kind of, like, edge to, like, the already excitement that's, like, building because Michigan football is back. If you had to guess who is going to be the quarterback, the starting quarterback against Ohio State at the end of the season. That's so tough because my guttural instinct is to say Cade. Yeah. But I'm fully prepared for a J.J. McCarthy takeover, and I really, really hope that J.J. McCarthy is the type of kid that will stick around and see it through um, with Michigan, and, he'll, like, if anything, he'll have, like, two more cracks at Ohio State, so I kind of want to give Cade his, like, final send-off, like, goodbye, um, but then, obviously, like, if J.J. is the guy, then I'm going to ride with J.J., so, but, yeah, to have a non-answer answer I'm going with Kate <laughs> yeah I was, my gut is telling me Kate as well and I was like doing some like psychotherapy on myself and my head as you were speaking wondering like why does my gut say Kate and I think it's because like as a Michigan fan the only time that I've seen our like backup quarterback come in and like actually do a really good job like and not just, like, disappoint us, is when Joe Milton got pulled and Cade Cade McNamara went in. Like, Cade McNamara is the only backup quarterback that has ever made me, like, feel a sense of joy. Every other one has been a disappointment. So, like, it's hard for me to envision J.J. McCarthy not being a disappointment, (laughs) even though, like, I, even though if you asked me, I'd say he's not going to be, but it's just, like, these repeated patterns in my life as a Michigan fan. You know, that's, that's hilarious. Isn't that true? I mean, no offense to all of them, but, like, you and I were literally singing to Brandon Peters in the stands, but he got injured. That's not his fault. <laughs> but in our song, like, also in the sense, it was, like, you know... JJ has, like, the, like, dedication to Michigan that we've seen because he, like, committed to Michigan, I think maybe at the end of his junior year of high school, um, or maybe his sophomore year, I don't really remember, but it was a while that he was committed to Michigan, and he, like, made that his whole thing, and he even, like, worked really hard to get, like, you know, he's like, oh, come, like, play with me, like, for, like, some of the receivers or, like, running backs, offensive line. He was, like, out there recruiting for Michigan. So, like, you know, like, JJ's gung-ho for the team, but then also Cade is the same dude during the 2020 season that got into a room, into the locker room, and tried to hype up his team when it was a dire 2020 season. So, like, Kate has been, you know, at the lowest of lows in the Jim Harbaugh era and at the highest of highs. So, like, you kind of grew up with him. You kind of, like, watched, like, him take over the team and then lead a team literally from 
an abysmal record to a Big Ten championship. So, like, you got to give him credit where that's due. And, again, I think that's, like, where that's coming from. In all honesty, just to see the turnaround and to see him not give up on Michigan was enough to, like, you know, make me want to keep him, like, where he was. He hasn't really given me, like, any indication that he's going to be, like, you know, terrible, you know? Or For like, sure. he hasn't really given an indication, like, that he lost his spot, like, wholly. You well, know, like, it's competitive, but I don't think there's been any, like, indication that it's been, like, lost completely, you know? I agree. Yeah. Do you want to move into the next, like, storyline thing? Um, sure. <laughs> so, basically, we lost some pretty important got? players <laughs> on our defense last year. Um, namely, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously super big name. Harley, have you been watching Hard Knocks? I have not been watching Hard Knocks. I'm sorry, I'm not a Lions fan. I'm not a... Okay. Okay, I'm, I guess I kind of am a Lions <laughs> I'm a Lions fan by birth, but not, like, actively practicing. Um, that is every Michigander ever, by the way. Yeah. I'm not a Lions so fan true. by birth, but I am a Lions fan anyway. Um, so, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was the number two overall draft pick. David Ojabo would have been in the first round, but he his Achilles went away during the combine, maybe? Um, and then Daxton Hill was also a first-round pick. So a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people are leaving Michigan out of preseason rankings are or are ranking them pretty low, not predicting them to have a great season, even though they just came off of the best season that they've had in forever. And generally mm-hmm. when people do that, their excuse is that we lost Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and Daxton Hill. Um, so... Let's talk a little bit about, like, what that actually means for Michigan. Like, is it really going to be as bad as some national media people are making it out to be? Because Hutchinson and David Ojabo, like, Hutchinson went to New York for the Heisman ceremony, and he had 11 sacks on the season. Ojabo had eight sacks. Like, that is not easy to replace. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, and I think Michigan fans know the story very well, but, like, David Ojabo, like, made Ojabo sorry, um, made that leap. Like, this was, like, his breakout season. And, like, I don't know why we're, like, not giving the other guys credit. Like, are we not assuming that they're, like, not going to make that same kind of jump that Ojabo did? Um, Hutchinson, obviously, was kind of, like, more of the, like, flair one that we already had. And he was like, no, I'm going to give this my, like, one last ride, you know? And so I think in regards to, like... I think that tenacity is still there, especially for, like, this team. They're already being discredited, even though they're coming off of a Big Ten championship and a college football playoff appearance. And I think just being, like, immediately written off just because, like, some of their flair left um, is kind of insulting, honestly, because Michigan does bring back a pretty, like, decent chunk of their starters and on both sides of the ball. And I think... That while, I'll have to quote, either it was Jesse Mentor or Mike Hilston, one of them, I was like, you can't replace Aiden, the guy, like Aiden Hutchinson, and you can't replace like David Ojabo. But there are guys there that are working really, really hard to live up to the, the precedents that were set before them with the likes of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. They were in the locker room with those guys. They saw what it took to reach where they did last year. And 
I don't think that left in any sense. And if anything, I think Michigan comes back pretty solid. Um, and the fact that it's just like Ohio State gets that, like, no, I'm going to go there. But Ohio State just <laughs> automatically gets the, like, oh, they're bringing back, you know, they're bringing back C.J. Stroud. They're bringing back Trayvon Henderson. They're bringing back some of the receivers. They're bringing back, like, some of, the, like, their defensive starters as well. And so we're automatically just going to give them, like, you know, number two ranking overall in the AP. We're going to give them the Big Ten. We're going to do all this stuff. And, like, Michigan brought back a lot of, like, the same players that took down that same group of people. And you're going to say, okay, just because Ohio State lost once in the last, like, ten years, that Michigan can't do it again, can't get back to Ohio State, and can't, you know, make their way back to the Big Ten Championship. I don't know why we're writing them off all over again. Um, but... I can kind of get it in the sense that, like, Ohio State is just, like, continuously, you know, in the top four and continuously, like, showed that, like, repetition, showed that, like, this isn't just, like, a one-year fluke. And I really think that's, like, the one thing that keeps me hesitant. I'm like, is this a one-year fluke for Michigan? But I really think, like, that Michigan still has, like, all the makings to, you know, have that kind of competitiveness to it and not just lose to Ohio State every year and you know maybe we can like finally snap that streak in Ohio State I know it's gonna be hard I know it's gonna be hard to play in Columbus but I don't know why it's so perplexing to me maybe somebody else understands drop it out in the comments I don't care please explain <laughs> to me why you think Michigan is going to be worse okay you can say worse but why does Michigan like just flat out the two like, why, why do we finish in second to one? <laughs> Harley, you want to know what I saw on Twitter earlier today that would make you so mad? Okay, sweet. Go for it. It was a ranking of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. You did? No. Okay. I did Ranking not. of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. I don't remember who was number one. Number mm-hmm. three was J.J. McCarthy. Number two was Joe Milton at Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how can you put Joe Milton above <laughs> J.J. McCarthy? Like, are you kidding me? Like, Joe Milton lost his job to the guy that J.J. McCarthy is a backup to. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but so funny. I, I agree with you. Like, I do think people are really quick to drop Michigan really far in the rankings because of something that they would not fault Ohio State for. Um I do also think losing Hutchinson and Ojabo is a really big deal, particularly Hutchinson. Like, mm-hmm. we can largely credit him for the season we had. But I think you're right that, like, there's I, – I get saying that maybe we won't have as good of a season as last year. But first of all, I think our offense looks a lot stronger than last year. Yes, mm-hmm. we're losing an important piece on defense, but it's not like our team is just, like, overall – worse and we can get into exactly how we're looking into replacing Hutchinson and Ojabo I do think it's important to say like we're not replacing them um we're rebuilding our defense but our old defense was in a way built knowing that they exist and this new defense Mm -hmm. will have to be built um differently but we have some really really strong defensive players and we have Mm -hmm. some really strong defensive linemen some literally really strong defensive linemen. Um, Mozzie Smith was um, listed as number one on Bruce Feldman's uh, athletic freaks list. 
And I just need to read a little bit of what this article said because it's actually crazy. As someone who, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know that much about strength and fitness, but it's wild. Yeah. So he's six foot three and 337 pounds. So he's a big dude. He does 22 reps on the bench press, but usually when you bench press, like, I think in the combine, it's usually at 225 pounds and he does it on 325 mm-hmm. pounds. He close grip benched 550 pounds. He vertical jumps 33 inches. He broad jumped nine four and a half. He has a 441 shuttle time. Um, his 6.953 cone time would have be- would have been by far the fastest among defensive tackles in Indianapolis. Um, oh, and then I need to find the thing. They had to adjust one of their machines. Their combo twist machine, I don't really know what that is, but they had to adjust it to make it hold 800 pounds. Um, In the past, the highest weight that it could, like, uh, accommodate was 600 pounds, and they had to adjust it to make it 800 pounds so that Mozzie Smith, like, could get a workout because he needed 800 pounds. I, like, have no concept of, like, what is a normal amount for a football player, but that is crazy. 800 pounds is, like, heavy. (laughs) (laughs) A very astute observation, but yes, <laughs> you're right. I was going to say, I was like, I think, like, at least that brings me, like, some comfort, like, seeing, like, Michigan, like, having some of their, like, defensive players, like, being discussed still, um, especially the ones that are, like, returning. Like, these are the people that are, like, going to be out on the field, that are going to make, you know, Michigan's, like, defense, like, continue on, um, because, honestly... I was worried, like, losing, like, these, like, key players that we had that were, like, fans loved and adored, but then also, like, losing, like, Mike McDonald is kind of hard for me, too, um, but just seeing how, like, well, one, where Jesse Minter came from, um, and basically the story of Harbaugh saying that his brother was, like, when he was looking, uh, last year after Don Brown left, um, was, uh, John was, like, you know, either Jesse Minter or Mike McDonald. Um, both of them are equally good. Whichever one you pick will do well for you. And so it's just in the fact that, like, Jesse Minter was, like, discussed a year ago, and now he's here. Like, I have, like, a lot more confidence in that. Um, and obviously, like, Mike Elston, like, coming in from Notre Dame, uh, um, just working with our defensive line. Like, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about with the defense, and I don't think we're losing a whole lot. Well, well yes, we're losing, like, people that were, like, we were, that were astronomical for Michigan, um, we're not really going anywhere, um, is what I'm saying, um, and I think I feel a lot more confident, um, especially, like, with this group and with the coaching staff than I did last year. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of things that are still going to be new and a lot of things that, uh, we're not really, like, sure about, but, like, that, this is how we started last year, and look how that turned out for us, so I think I'm going to, you know, have a decently high amount of hope that while we can't replace, I think the people that are coming in are going to, you know, live up to what we kind of expect of them. Yeah, I think that's true. And we can talk about, like, we have Iyabi Anoma transferring in, who's also an edge rusher. Um, We have have potential. I just think the biggest thing is, like, it's a big question mark. Whereas I would say there are not nearly as many question marks on offense. Defense is like, like we're kind of just being hopeful here. We're like, it, it might not actually be that bad. Or like, it, it might be good, I guess, is more what we're saying. Whereas offense, I think we're like genuinely excited. 
would you say that's true for you as well? Um, I definitely think so. Uh, but then, like, also, you know, looking at uh, who I kind of think will be the starters like for the defense, I feel like really confident um, in, in them. And uh, I think we got some pretty decent freshmen um, linebackers coming in, too. So keep an eye out for them. Um, but definitely super excited about the offense um, if we want to kind of get into that. Yeah. So our offense, like, genuinely, at least on paper, this has potential to be one of the best offenses that we've seen at Michigan. I'm, like, super hesitant mm-hmm. to say that. Um, I mean, yeah. not not in Michigan history, but, like, in, it just like... just feels taboo, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, you don't want to jinx it, but at the same time, like, last year I went into the season so pessimistic because the 2020 season made me so jaded <laughs> yeah. that I did not enjoy a single moment of, like, the historic season we had because I was, like... Well, it doesn't mean anything yet. And then even after we beat Ohio State, I was like, still don't get your hopes up. And I'm like, for what? What am I talking about? So that's where my pessimism comes from. Anyway, this does look like it has the potential to be one of the best offenses we've seen at Michigan. Specifically, the receiver room. I think Harbaugh has like mm-hmm. straight up said this is the best group of receivers that Michigan has ever seen. It's like extremely deep. And we have like probably three or four or maybe even all five receivers you could argue will be the leading receiver um which is really cool we'll get into we'll talk more about like specifically different positions in a second i'm just gonna give like a little overview um we also have really good running backs we have like the same tight ends we've had like for my entire life so that's good they're (laughs) really strong um and then we're returning most of our offensive line and our offensive line was phenomenal last year they won the joe moore award Mm -hmm. for best o-line in the country um we're replacing our center andrew bastardis with olu oluatini and uh zach zinner has straight up said that that's an upgrade he literally said i love this artist he's a great leader but physically olu is just a step up he's got all the attributes you want in a center and i'm really excited to be able to play with him this year so our offensive line is looking good. We actually, do you want to say more about Olu Oluwatimi? Because I'm really excited about him. Um, yeah, so uh, like you have here, uh, Olu was second team All-American. Um, he's coming in, I believe as a grad transfer uh, from mm-hmm. the from- University of Virginia. Um, he was a Remington Award finalist last year. And on PFF, which basically like grades college football um different uh across different statistics and that kind of thing um gave olu a 90.2 run block grade um which is third in the country amongst all centers last year so that's like insane um and this is a deep that oh, defense this is an offense that like we're known for a running game and so like just having like that kind of like in syncness um, with the offense and then just having like another like really big dude just up there to um, block so you know we can have our success with our running backs is huge um, especially because um, like you already mentioned we're returning uh, three three of our starters I believe and um, I I'm just excited to see like how this offensive line functions and especially because we rely so heavily on our running game. So, like, if we, like, return the majority 
of our offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, but then even, like, upgraded it, it's going to be crazy. I can't wait for it. This is probably, like, the group that I'm honestly the most excited about on offense, um, which is saying a lot because, obviously, I love running backs. They're, like, my favorite group for, like, historically, and just it feels wild to me like having so much depth at wide receiver like I feel like it's not like really a thing that like we've concerned ourselves with being like oh my gosh we have so much talent here right there's so many names like any of them could be a starter and I feel like we've at least since we've had like a podcast have never been like oh maybe this guy could be the receiver then maybe this one and there's just kind of like a really big gap in between the others so it's it's quite exciting to, you know, be recognized for our, like, receiving core this year. Yeah, I'm super excited about our receivers. I love our receivers. Um, <laughs> we, we have, okay, so let's just, like, run through the receivers. We have, okay, I'm going to start with Ronnie Bell because we've loved Ronnie Bell. Mm-hmm. Right, was it Ronnie mm-hmm. Bell who you, like, tweeted, like, thank you and then his, you, like, made him a card and his mom liked it? Or was that Zach Charbonnet? You see... It was at the Penn State game with a like drop pass and Ronnie Bell was crying. People were making fun of him. No. And I, oh, was it? Is that yeah. when it was? It was after that. Yeah. Oh, was, so it wasn't. And Ron, Ronnie Bell had liked the tweet that I posted about it. Okay. So and we, I think a bunch of his family members did too. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember the context of the tweet, but I definitely think it was after the Penn State game and something along the lines of like Ronnie Bell not deserving the hate that he was receiving. Um, because of one mistake. Yeah, Ronnie Bell's had a rough but, go at it. That's why maybe, maybe I peaked at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I remember I think, he like, I think his mom liked this because he thinks it's like a. I don't remember. Was it no? It must have been Zach Charbonnet who you like wrote him a poem and you're like his mom must think it's a little kid. I think he, yeah, like maybe his like dad or mom liked it on Twitter. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'm getting those. Two but I think I know up. what you're talking about now. Yeah, I thought you were going to reference in regards to Ronnie Bell when he had like one of his touchdowns last year and unfortunately the one game that he played in last year is we had our the Michigan men's basketball team was at the end zone because they're going to be recognized on the field. And Ronnie Bell scores this touchdown right in front of him, and he, like, leaps into the arms of, like, Isaiah Lewis <laughs> and, like, Franz Wagner. And it was just, like, the sweetest moment um, on field. Um, I, love, I love that so much. I loved watching that and, like, the, like, re- rewatch of the highlights from last year. It was so precious. And, like, That's- Juwan, like, gave him a high five and stuff. It was so cute. Yeah, we there are some cute Ronnie Bell moments out there. Ronnie Bell is also mm-hmm. like one of the few remnants from like our time at Michigan. Um, <laughs> so like maybe that's why we love him so much. But he's also kind of had a tough go. Okay, so we had technical difficulties there for a second. We were both separately not on the phone with each other talking about <laughs> Ronnie Bell, which I feel like is kind of just how our friendship goes. We're both just separately talking about Ronnie Bell. The fact that um, neither of us noticed and we just kept on going on and on and on. Yeah, it was <laughs> wild. <laughs> but, so Ronnie Bell was our leading receiver in 2019 and 2020. Shea Patterson was obsessed with throwing the ball to him. I remember being oh, frustrated yeah. because I felt like Ronnie <laughs> was the only receiver who gave Shea the, like, courage to throw the ball. <laughs> um, but then he was injured Ronnie Bell was injured pretty early on in the season last year, I believe, in the second game. 
Mm-mm. He only played one game last year. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> had an ACL tear. So TBD on how much he'll bounce back from that. I know the coaching staff right now is saying that he looks better than he did last year or mm-hmm. better than he did pre-ACL tear. That's generally not how ACL tears work. So fingers crossed on that one. Um, but then last year, Cornelius Johnson was our leading receiver. Cade McNamara loved him. So he, Ronnie Bell or Cornelius Johnson could be the leading receiver this year. Roman Wilson looks like extremely good. He would also be very likely to be the leading receiver. Um, AJ Henning could be probably not as likely. Angela Anthony probably also not as likely. Even like one of our tight ends, like maybe Eric Hall could be the leading receiver if our receiving room wasn't so crowded. Um, oh gosh, like, yeah. It's just a really, really solid group of receivers. Harley, who is your guest for leading receiver? Leading receiver? And I also, really who would you want to be leading receiver? Like, who's your favorite receiver? So it was like, obviously, it's like Ronnie Bell, and I think like he'll have like heavy targets. Um, as long as he stays healthy, I mean, I know he's still going to be working with special teams, like, with, like, returns and that kind of stuff, and I know people are, like, hesitant about that because that was kind of his undoing last year, but I think that, you know, he's had, like, the best, like, trainers, he's had the best, like, access to, like, healthcare and that kind of stuff, so I really think that he'll do exceedingly well, um, and it is his last season, so... I really hope that he is sent off as our leading rec- receiver for this 2022 season. I agree okay. with that. I would also say Roman Wilson is probably mm. my top guess. Um, but Ronnie Bell is a good one as well. I also just really like Roman Wilson. I like how <laughs> Roman Wilson was the one who, like, when asked about who should be the starting quarterback, he was like, well, like, personally, I think I'm better than both Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, and I should be the starting quarterback. And I was like, honestly, like, same, like, why don't they put me in? Like, why is not, why is the battle not between me and Roman Wilson? I've been practicing every single day. That's fair. 100, 100 catches, 100 throws, right? Yep. <laughs> Keep an eye out for him where um, she's season 2022. <laughs> I've literally been training for Michigan's football season, which is like... <laughs> I guess, like, what you have to do if you want to I win think the so. You're in the mindset. you got to beat Ohio yeah. State in Columbus. you got to start every day, wake up, 100, 100 pets, 100 games. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to beat Ohio State? <laughs> Everyone listening, you got to do your part. <laughs> that is correct. What are we doing to beat Ohio State? But I think we should also discuss my favorite group, which is the running backs. Um, obviously... Okay. Very heartfelt loss goes out to Hassan Haskins, which who was by far my favorite player on last year's team. Absolute monster. Um, and I love seeing the success he has right now with the Tennessee Titans. I Oh my gosh, it's gonna be crazy. Maybe I should watch the Titans games more often because like, you know, got Derrick Henry and Hassan Haskins. Um they're gonna have they have a crazy um running back room but we do return Blake Corum who was just as flashy um and that is because he was the lightning of the lightning thunder duo and um I think Michigan and as the team that finished last year leading in rushing yards and average rushing yards per game um bringing back a stud like Blake Corum while then also having 
a replacement in Donovan Edwards. We saw a lot of Donovan Edwards last year, um, in like different kind of like scenarios and different you know, positions, and um, having like different responsibilities. But I think like he shows incredible potential, and I think he'll make a huge leap in his sophomore year, um, especially like um, increasing his like workload um, and being in tandem with. Uh, play quorum as they like, kind of interchange out, um, but Donovan Edwards just is honestly one of the people that I think we should all be um, paying attention to. He's probably one of the top players that I have for this season to watch, um, just because of what we saw from him last year, and I feel like he has just grown so much, at least from what I have read and watched in this offseason. Um, keep an eye out, because our running back room didn't really go anywhere um we got a really solid one-two punch again and like i said before with an offensive line of stars we got right now and a running back room that is just as strong whew, we're gonna be right back to where we were last year and you know maybe it's too early but i fully predict michigan to once again uh lead the big 10 in rushing so i hope i don't email Do you think <laughs> Do you think that having such a crowded um, receiver room will impact us leading the Big Ten in rushing? It'll be, like, really interesting to see if, like, Michigan will, like, deviate from, like, their offensive strategy, which is, like, obviously, like, establishing the run game early on and then just kind of, like, pounding it until, until it, like, doesn't really work. Um, so that will be interesting to see. Um, I definitely expect to see a lot more, like, pass attempts. Um which is probably where the quarterback battle, like, comes into relevancy is to see, like, what, like, how both of them will react to having more, like, um, passing plays that they have to complete, so. Yeah, I agree. And I'm also very excited about Donovan Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that we want to discuss on offense before we move on to just, like, overall team news, coaching changes, how we feel about the vibes? Um, not that I know of. I think we did a pretty thorough job of there. So I think we probably go into, like, maybe some coaching changes because um, we did have those this season. Not a lot, but a pretty decent Those are pretty significant ones. Yeah, it's like not a lot, but so- some significant ones. <laughs> We have a different offensive coordinator and a different defensive coordinator than we did last season, which sounds uh, pretty extreme. Um, sounds like it could have a really big impact. I think like the more details you hear, the more you're like, okay, I think we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh Gaddis, our offensive coordinator, um, he's gone by. Um, and now he's, <laughs> he's replaced by um, Sharon Moore who was our O-line coach last year, and then Matt Weiss, who was our QB coach last year, they're both retaining their, like, respective positions. So Moore mm-hmm. is still O-line coach, Weiss is still QB coach, but now they're mm-hmm. also both co-offensive coordinator. Um, and it sounds like they're also going to share play-calling duties, which TBD on how that will go. That could be chaotic. It could be good. I hope they do some team building exercises, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm just getting PTSD from when we had Pep Ham- Hamilton. Why did I become British there? Pep Hamilton <laughs> and um, Jim Harbaugh, like, taking turns play calling, and that was obviously hectic, but I think this is, like, 
an entirely different situation. And nobody seems to be too worried. The offensive line even seems to be like pretty excited about it. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure everyone else is too. Those are just the ones that I've seen quotes from. So I, I think we have nothing to worry about. I also agree with that just purely in the sense that I totally forgot that Josh Gaddis was a thing like last year. I thought he was already <laughs> gone. And so when we're like discussing about like, oh yeah, we're replacing offensive coordinator. I'm like, no, we're not. We already got... Re- <laughs> like, but I think Josh Gaddis left like before... Did he leave after the CFP? No, he um, left in the off season. Oh, I could have sworn he was already gone. This is how little I cared. <laughs> Clearly he did what he what needed to be done to get Michigan to where they were. But I honestly, like, he's been gone for so long, and, like, it's starting to, like, bleed into the past where I was like, oh, surely he was gone before we beat Ohio State. Surely he was gone before we <laughs> Well, I think an important thing without going into, like, details is that, like, it seems like the players aren't sad about him leaving. Yeah, and the fans. Yeah. Just be just based off of the stories. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like the offensive coordinator position, I think they're in pretty solid hands. Um I don't believe either of them are new. Like this isn't their first year. Um so I think I think we're I think we're in good hands. And like you said, if the offense if the players themselves are excited about it, then, like, I don't think there's really much to be worried about um, in that regard. Um, so just join me and completely uh, forget about Josh Caddis because, wow, <laughs> I thought he was just such an abstract afterthought, like, from, like, years ago. Like, I don't remember him at all from last season, and that's crazy. <laughs> I watched every game last year and wrote about every game last year, and <laughs> Wait, now I need to, like, Google this and double chat. I swear. I'm like, he's been gone for, like, an eternity at this point. So, <laughs> anywho, while you look that up, like I already mentioned Yeah, he left in February 2022. Okay, yeah. Sure. Could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then for defensive coordinator, uh, Mike McDonald last year, who seemed to be really great, he was another one of, like, Jim Harbaugh calling up his brother and being like, oh my gosh, why am I not speaking correctly? Jim Harbaugh calling up his brother and being like, hey, can you give me a defensive coordinator? And of Mm. course, John is always willing to do a favor for the family. Mm. So originally he was deciding between, John Harbaugh is the coach of the Ravens, if you're not aware. So the first time he said, do you want Jesse Minter or do you want Mike Mike McDonald? They're both Mm -hmm. my guys. They're both really good. Mm -hmm. Um, We got Mike McDonald the first time around. He was amazing, and now he's the Ravens DC. Mm-hmm. So now Harbaugh's like, "Hey, you got another one of those?" And other Harbaugh's like, "Yeah, here you go." And that's how we got Jesse Minter. So it seems like it shouldn't be a step down. People seem to be really excited about it. I'm, I'm not worried. Are you? I am not worried in the slightest. Um, and also to add, um, I believe. Sean Nua was our defensive lineman coach, if you want to look that up for me. Uh, And he left to go to USC. So now we have Mike Elston, who is our uh, defensive line coach. He comes from Notre Dame. I think he he is a Michigan alumni. Uh, He was at Notre Dame for, I think, over almost a decade. Um, And obviously Notre Dame is Notre Dame, so I don't think our defensive line 
is in bad hands, even though we are one of Notre Dame's rivals. Um, I'm really excited about um, him, and he seems to have like just kind of jumped right in. Um, he's been both him and Jesse Minter have uh, have sung a lot of high praise for our defense and for um, the guys in that room. So. I think they're in really good hands, uh, really good competent hands. So I don't really see Michigan like lagging, um, at least on the defensive side of things, um, with two no coaches in the room. Um, I agree. So one last question, or I guess two last questions before we call it a day. Um, one, do you really think that Michigan is going to compete for the Big Ten title again? Do you really think this team is on par with last year's team? And then, um, actually, let's answer that first, and then we'll go mm-hmm. into the next question. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if we talked about it in the previous iteration of this episode, but um, I think, obviously, the only thing standing in our way once again, is Ohio State, and that's purely because we're playing Ohio State in Columbus, and Ohio State returns a lot of their core group um, as well, and um, like their quarterback, a couple of their receivers, and uh, their running back, um, along with a few of their starters on the, def- the defensive side of the ball. So, obviously, it's going to be Michigan-Ohio State again for the Big Ten East, uh, going into rivalry week, and, you know, it took us 10 years to beat Ohio State, um, but it has been, gosh, I don't know, since, like, what, 2003 or something? It's something ridiculous, like, the last time that we beat Ohio State at Ohio State, and it's going to be really difficult, but I, I really just think, like, you know... I feel a lot more hopeful for that regard. Uh, at least I won't be sad, you know, like the last time we were at Columbus. Like, it's not going to make me cry. Okay, maybe it'll make me cry because I even cried last year and we won, so. Yeah, I'm like, don't say that, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't cry. Every, I cry every Ohio State game. Um, but I think, like, the only thing that, like, bothers me is that, like, Michigan hasn't, like, earned the credit of, like, where we would consistently, like, appear as, like, a contender, like, already, like, a preseason, like, outright winning the Big Ten, a preseason top five, top four, you know, we haven't gotten that credit, and maybe I'm riding high after one season, and I understand that, like, because Ohio State can, like, lock and reload every year since pretty much the CFP has started, and even before then, um, that they kind of, like, earned that ability to have the confidence of the people that are, like, giving them their rankings and that kind of stuff. So, like, I understand that, but just to, like, completely discredit Michigan, like, after the season that they had and, like, bringing in the people that they have and returning a lot of their uh, starters, it just seems like, I'm like, really? Like, we weren't even given a shot. It was just immediately written off, even though it seems like we had a lot of cards in our favor. And it was just like, oh, you can't take down Big Bad Ohio State again. I'm like, when do we get that? Like, when do we get that? You know? When do we get that Ohio State, like, edge? I want to cash in now. Is it J.J. McCarthy, like, arrow? I don't know when, but I hope it's soon because I have a feeling that one day we'll have that confidence. 
and I hope yeah, it's a success. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I think that there's no reason that this team shouldn't be just as good as last year, just in terms of, like, who we're returning. Like, it just, it looks really, really solid, mm-hmm. but whether or not we're competing for the Big Ten, I think more has to do with how Ohio State looks mm-hmm. than whether or not this team is really good. Because this That's team could fair. be really, really good. This team could be the second best team in the country, and if Ohio State <laughs> is the best team in the country, we're not competing for the Big Ten. Like, I know. That's just the reality <laughs> of how the, the divisions are drawn up in the Big Ten, um, is that, like, more often than not, like, we might be up there in the top five teams in the country, but it's that other teams don't have to play Ohio State. So it is what it is, um, but I do think this team will be really good. It's so nice. We also have a much easier season than we've had in, like, memory ever um (laughs) and then last thing before we go what is one thing that you're going to look for or look forward to in the colorado state game um well we had a whole conversation about it earlier so um i am looking forward to seeing Cade um play um and like we already mentioned earlier i would like to see how because we are so stacked at wide receiver, like, how that is now utilized um, and what kind of, like, game plan that our co-OCs have for such a stocked offense, both passing and rushing, and I can't wait to see, like, what they kind of come up with. Um, so, that, again, maybe a non-answer, but I'm looking forward to maybe, like, a really, like, high passing game. Like, maybe hmm. we get a game over 300 yards. I know that was a metric that we were looking for, like, Shea Patterson's second year. Um, maybe first year. Who knows? But I think that's a pretty solid metric to me. I don't want to see if Cade will throw over 300 yards. Or if not Cade, then I... JJ and we too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to everything you said and Oluoluatimi. And Donovan Edwards. Okay. Sweet. Solid. And Jake Moody. Also okay. a non answer. <laughs> Who do you think will score the um, first touchdown? Who will score the first touchdown? Yeah. I was about to say Hassan Haskins. Um, oh. <laughs> I think that Roman Wilson will score the first touchdown. Okay, sweet. I'll take Blake Horam. Okay, cool. All right. Talk to you that. this time next week. Uh, that sounds good. So make sure you tune in on Saturday. Michigan is hosting Colorado State in Ann Arbor. And if you're around, uh, please head to the Big House um, and rep uh, both Michigan and Views from Stadium Boulevard. And we will see you next week. Go Blue. And go Blue. <laughs> yeah.